Winning by knockout is the best feeling in the world. Seeing the referee standing over your opponent waving off the fight, you feel almost immortal. But in a well-matched fight, anything can happen. Sometimes you're the hammer and others you're the nail. In an instant, one mistake can render you helpless. All of your hard work cancelled out. You become the mortal and your opponent feels that immortal quickening as they steal your soul. Nothing else can be done in that moment, but in the hours, days, weeks, or even months after the fight, things can feel very different. It doesn't matter who you are. Your motivation and determination has been severely tested. A seed of doubt is planted. Have I got what it takes? Can I come back from this? What does everyone think of me now? Some fighters bounce back more determined, while others spiral downward, disappearing from competition, and maybe stop training altogether. And while it's important to recognize when we're being our own worst enemy, there are also external factors that can make a huge difference to our motivation to come back stronger than ever, or to even come back at all. Fighters, welcome back to another episode of Heatrick Muay Thai Performance. In part one, I broke down the different types of motivation, how they formed a spectrum from low to high self-determination, and how this affects your ability to grow from setbacks. Catch up on that now if you've missed it. And I promised that here in part two, I'd share tools that shift you towards intrinsic motivation that triggers your best performance and your most resilient determination. To do this, you must leverage your three innate psychological needs, a highly practical secret buried within self-determination theory. But first, it's important you know how your personality traits affect how volatile your motivation and self-determination will be. Knowing yourself better makes a huge difference to how you find your motivation and how easy you can expect to bounce back too. Although our personality traits can evolve over time, they are largely consistent and affect how we interpret the world around us and what really drives us. And knowing how you feel to the world and what drives your behavior is a game changer. If knowledge is power, self-knowledge is a superpower. The research on the big five personality traits is extensive and sheds light on what makes you tick and more importantly, what doesn't make you tick too. It exposes both your innate strengths and weaknesses. We're all equally cursed and blessed. Dropping any false bravado and recognizing both your strengths and your natural flip side weakness is fundamental to performing at your best. We all sit on a spectrum between low and high neuroticism, a personality trait characterized by a tendency to experience negative emotions such as anxiety, worry, and self-doubt. And this affects not only our strengths and weaknesses, but also how we chase our goals. To find out where you sit on the spectrum, you can carry out an online Big Five or Ocean personality test. The 16 personalities assertive to turbulent trait score correlates with this too. If you score as less neurotic or more assertive, then you're motivated to chase a positive goal to achieve something good and will naturally be inclined towards higher self-determination and intrinsic motivation, along with all the performance enhancing benefits. If you score as more neurotic or more turbulent, then you're motivated to avoid failure, to avoid something bad, and will naturally be inclined towards lower self-determination, extrinsic motivation, and find it harder, but not impossible, to achieve intrinsic motivation. Being more neurotic or turbulent will drive you to high standards and to achieve excellence through hard work, but this can tip into maladaptive perfectionism, which stifles your best performance 
as opposed to adaptive perfectionism, which is associated with better sport performance. Conversely, less neurotic, more assertive individuals can lack high enough standards. Remember, we're all equally cursed and blessed. High standards are good, but you must be motivated to achieve excellence through hard work aimed at realistic goals, while maintaining a perspective of failures and successes, being able to learn from your mistakes. Although all fighters experience imposter syndrome at some stage, that feeling that we fall short of what others believe us to be, we also must realize that having a more neurotic or turbulent trait makes imposter syndrome more likely, especially in high stakes situations like fights. Recognizing and understanding your own traits helps you navigate your own self-talk and motivation, steering away from your weaknesses and into your strengths. And if your coaches and teammates know you better too, they can avoid accidentally killing your momentum. Research shows that the secret to sustaining this momentum, drive or motivation comes from satisfying three innate psychological needs. The need for competence, autonomy and relatedness. Get this right and everything changes. Life gets better, your results accelerate, and nothing can keep you down. But what do these three innate needs mean to your Muay Thai? And how can you leverage these as a fighter or a coach? Competence is your sense of mastery over your given situation and having the required skills to match. A search for the optimal challenge. Not too tough and certainly not too easy either. You want to stretch, but not snap. If something is too easy, you become bored and too challenging, you become anxious and overwhelmed. There's a sweet spot. Every day you should strive to psychologically push yourself to succeed about 80% of the time and fail 20%. That ratio has been shown to produce the greatest progress. Just the right amount of challenge versus skill or test of competence. Playing it too easy will see you stagnating instead of growing. You can see that optimal competence doesn't mean always winning. You must be curious to discover where your current limits really are and be willing to fall over every now and then in order to push your limits out further instead of letting them shrink around you. You and your coach should strive to constantly build your Muay Thai skills, both technically and tactically, and to practice those to keep those skills sharp, especially the fundamentals. Keep those plates spinning. You should fight an appropriate level for you. Anything from just sparring through to amateur fights, pro fights, up to title fights, whatever level makes you stretch but not snap. Don't play it too safe to protect a fight record that doesn't represent your true ability. Identify what will both bolster your shortcomings and amplify your strengths. Set relevant targets and then get to work. Adopt an attitude of try it out. But ultimately, feelings of competence don't enhance intrinsic motivation unless it's accompanied with autonomy or an internal locus of control. Autonomy is a sense of making your own choices, steering your own ship. Not to be confused with acting selfishly, rather it's acting through your own choice. Well-meaning but authoritarian coaches can fail to foster autonomy in their fighters and students. Good coaching encourages and inspires rather than dictates and manipulates fighters into action. Autonomy doesn't mean you need to act independently of the desires of others. It means acting with a sense of choice, using your own will, even if doing so means complying with the wishes of others. For example, a coach may ask a fighter to carry out extra running outside of Muay Thai sessions in the lead up to a fight. However, if the fighter believes in this and agrees to do so because it matches their own goals and values, then the need for autonomy is satisfied. On the other hand, 
If the fighter would rather rest up and feels forced to run, autonomy is killed off. Coaches must inspire a purpose behind every action. Educating fighters with the why behind their training is as critical as what to do and when to do it. Armed with the purpose behind every action, fighters can feel how it links to their values and goals, and autonomy is fostered instead of resistance. Frame feedback as constructive, aligned with the values and goals instead of criticism. Consider where you think this person is on the neuroticism scale and how they're likely to interpret your feedback however you intended it to be received. Make recommendations that allow fighters to pick what suits them best. For example, suggest one to three cardio sessions each week, allowing them to dial it up or down as they see fit. Encourage a fighter to develop their own fight style that suits their own preferred ranges, long, medium, close, or clinch, and their own fight modes, aggressive, elusive, tricky, or counter. Generally, support fighters in setting their own goals and making decisions about their training or competition schedule. And this support crosses over into the final psychological need, relatedness. Relatedness is the feeling of being connected, valued, and loved by others, and connecting, valuing, and loving others too. It's being part of a like-minded group or community that shows an interest in each other's activities. It's the security of having those that you can trust and that trust you. Those relationship attachments, like parents, family, friends, teammates, and coaches, it's having relevant role models that display the characteristics and take the actions that you deem valuable, that your community and social groups deem valuable. And relevant role models are stronger when they're the same sex as you and when you see them as a step or two ahead of where you want to be. A positive and supportive training environment with coaches and teammates that want each other to succeed will increase the confidence and motivation and boost performance of everyone in the gym. Negative members, especially if they're high performing, will rot your environment and hold everyone back. Those folks will cut everyone else down in order to appear superior. And sabotage becomes your culture instead of growth. This reminds me of an old martial arts fable. A master gathers his students and draws a line in the sand with his foot. He then asks his students how they can make that line smaller. Suggestions come, such as cutting the line into two smaller ones, or rubbing out the line entirely. Finally, the master simply draws a larger line parallel to the first, making it appear smaller. This demonstrates an attitude that builds your whole team's performance. Aspiring to achieve and even surpass what's been shown to be possible by those in your community is that rising tide that lifts all boats. The truth is, any story worth telling has its ups and downs, otherwise it's boring. And the comeback is a classic tale. Embrace your setbacks as crucial parts of your own tale that make your successes earned and not expected. Make it your goal to understand yourself and recognize how perfectionism can hold you back if you can't allow yourself to be seen to come up short. Be curious, where are your real limits and push them out further by taking on challenges that stretch your skills and competence. Accept responsibility for establishing your own goals and making your training schedule and Muay Thai practice fit you. Be inspired by others further ahead of you and inspire others that see you as a role model for their next step too, because you are. Thanks for listening. If you found this valuable, please like, subscribe and share with someone else it could help too. Please give the podcast a review or comment below. We'd love to hear from you. 
As always, you can visit heatrick.com for more Muay Thai performance podcasts, videos, articles, and guides. Catch you next time.